Jason does dating. Oh my God. So tonight I went to a bar and guess what? Booby drumroll. A boy asked for my number. Oh, and not in a like, let's be friends kind of way. It was like a, I probably want to kiss you kind of way. And did I give it to him? No, I did not. Because it seemed like he had had a few too many drinks. You know what I mean? And I was like, I will give you my Instagram though. So he gives me his phone and as I'm typing it in, his bro-ish type friend walks up to us and I was like, oh my God, he's about to run for the hills, you know, pretend that he doesn't know me. It's about to be so embarrassing for like both of us. But he says to his friend, this is Dylan. She's really chill. And I was like, oh yeah, I am chill. So that was really lovely. And do I think this is going to be the love of my life? No, but it is nice to get a little attention sometimes, am I right? And I still have not had my first kiss as a girl, which at this point I'm like, do I? It's day 222 of being a girl. I'm in Washington, DC, and I'm going to the White House to speak to the President of the United States. Huh. You know that phrase, I fear I may have girl boss too close to the sun? Well, that's how I feel today because I get to sit down with Joe Biden and now this news, and I get to ask him a few questions surrounding trans issues in the United States and talk to him about my transness. And I, I really just want to represent my community the best that I can. And you know what, as silly as I am on here, I'm ready to step up and show that trans people, we're not going anywhere. And that trans kids, they deserve a fighting chance to be their true selves, okay? Oh my God, I'm running late, let's go. And y'all are obviously wondering what I'm gonna wear to meet the president. Here you go. It's the trans flag colors. Cute, right? So heels. Okay, Dylan, you're gonna be great. I love you, let's go. I am extremely privileged to live in a state that allows me access to the resources I need. And that decision is just between me and my doctors. But many states have lawmakers that feel like they can involve themselves in this very personal process. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. As a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. 28, Friday, 28. Good, we got that one, right? Friday, 28, October, in the year of our Lord, 2022. You're in the war room. We got a couple of hours of pure intensity. We go through a lot of economics, capital markets, polling, politics. Sarah Palin's going to join us later. Um, Charlie Kirk, Boris Epstein, Dave Bratt, Jenny Beth Martin, we're jammed wall to wall. We want to start off uh, an amazing piece in Spectator. Now is the time for a strong social conservatism. As Biden kowtows to Dylan Mulvaney's trans ideology, the right should say, wait for it, game on. The writer's Josh Hammer. Josh, what do you mean by that? I haven't seen a lot of people on the right that want to get aggressive on social conservatism and say what we stand for, what we're fighting for, what this election is all about. And even deeper in that, that the gulf between the radical Democrats and, uh, and this new populist nationalist movement, sir. Steve, I think what you heard there from the president of the United States, and when he's talking about that, you have a legal right, you have a moral right, you have a constitutional right, you have a natural right. If you are a child to be quote unquote transitioned, that is not neutrality. That is not kind of old school John Stuart Mill. I mean, the liberalism, the classical liberalism of old school kind of left-leaning liberals and right-leaning liberals, the libertarian folks, that was kind of old school live and let live liberalism. 
But what he is talking about here is he is talking about depriving we the people, depriving state legislatures, depriving Democratic lowercase r Republican majorities in the various states from protecting vulnerable children from the predations of delusional and ideologically inclined medical doctors. This is not neutrality. And, you know, I think for all kind of the, the right liberals controlled opposition crowd, the David French crowd out there, you know, large swaths of kind of the, the fusionism consensus that, as you know better than anyone, Steve controls so much of conservatism. Inc. For so much of that crowd, the instincts are basically to say, just, you know, just let us live, let us get our safe space, let us kind of do our thing in our church, our synagogue, our home. That is simply not good enough. When they are out there talking about an affirmative right, a quote unquote right, to chemically castrate and butcher off the healthy breast mastectomies of, of, of innocent girls due to some teenage fad, as Abigail Schreier out in Los Angeles has documented in, in, in great detail. We can't just sit in our hands. We actually have to fight back and present an affirmative vision. And that's going to involve mandating things and banning things, kind of this entire paradigm of choice and consent that liberalism, I think, traditionally has prioritized. It's simply not good enough for conservatives in the time that we're living in right now. You call this a mask. I, I want to make sure I'm, a mask off moment that should galvanize the right. What do you mean by that? Well, it's a mask off moment because the president of the United States there is talking about, again, banning we the people, about banning the states. And, you know, I'm a law guy by background. I mean, last I checked, if I remember my con law textbook, there's an 1883 case called Muggler versus Kansas, which very articulate, it very clearly outlines these so-called police powers that were traditionally reserved to the states. The states traditionally had police powers over health, morality, welfare, things of that nature. You know, he is saying that the states themselves actually cannot legislate in this arena because you have a natural right, you have a constitutional right if you are a child to not have this happen to you. So he's totally just butchering constitutional law. He's totally butchering kind of the live and let live paradigm there. But he's being very candid. What I meant with the mask off moment line, Steve, is he's being extremely candid. He's not hiding the ball. Far too often we kind of, you know, the liberals traditionally, they do the whole bait and switch thing. They say one thing, they meet another. You know, they're widening the goalposts. He's being very, very candid here. And he's probably being candid, frankly, because, you know, he's around 80 years old and he's senile and, you know, all of that. But it is a mask off moment. And again, the, the ball is in the right's court right now. We have to kind of get out there and talk about how this crap is evil. This is evil. Quote unquote transitioning, period, full stop, in my opinion, is evil. It is particularly egregious and evil. We talk about underage children. You know, my state had the state of Florida apparently just earlier today. The State Board of Medicine said that they, that they were going to go ahead and actually ban this for underage minors. So good for them. That's a start. In my opinion, though, that doesn't even actually even go far enough. We should start banning this for all of society. This crap is this, this stuff is directly violative of the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. It's a total bastardization of the medical profession. Biden there is flipping the police powers paradigm of constitutional law on its head. And we have to go there and kind of just make the case. Yeah, you're right. Florida has moved on. And we'll have more of that in the second hour. Brandon Showalter from the Christian Post is going to join us to talk about that. Uh, there's a huge story up in the Daily Mail about people have gone through this process, have now turned, and they're really going after uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, what does that tell you about how how dicey this whole thing is about providing this service or, or actually foisting it on young people? And it looks like it's a huge moneymaker for Big Pharma, for the medical industry, and for the hospitals and doctors, sir. 
Right. So we at Newsweek, you know, I run the op-ed section of Newsweek as my main day-to-day job. We've actually run a handful of op-eds from people who have transitioned and experienced terrible effects and some of whom have actually detransitioned. I think the number one that comes to mind for the viewers that might want to just Google this, we, we ran an op-ed in February 2021. So, you know, a year and a half, almost two years ago now by someone by the name of Scott Nugent. Just a really long, graphically detailed essay, kind of hard and disturbing to read, just talking about all of the various kind of medical maladies that, that, that Scott Nugent was afflicted with as a result of this transition, arm, leg, you know, inner lungs and inner organs, you name it. He was on the verge of suicide, which is obviously horrific. I mean, the but at this point, the medical literature, from what I've read, is fairly clear. I mean, Johns Hopkins Hospital has actually put out studies as well, basically saying that for the people who do this quote-unquote transition, transition, their rates of depression do not go down over time. If anything, they actually go up over time. There's actually kind of a direct parallel there between so-called transitioning and abortion. I think a lot of, you know, women who, who are, you know, single women who, you know, had a sexual encounter and find themselves pregnant, they think that getting an abortion will actually kind of, you know, make them happier. But the same thing we see in this social science literature there, the, you know, the rates of depression ultimately only go up as a result of that tragic life decision to actually abort your unborn child. So it's very similar here. There's the point is at a, at a bare minimum, we simply do not know definitively the long term effects. So when we see people like just getting there in the White House and Joe Biden talking to this person who is celebrating transitioning, it is ridiculously, laughably irresponsible. And it's horrible. And, you know, this Daily Mail piece, I mean, it's good that there are some people calling it out. But again, I would encourage the listeners and the viewers to go ahead and check out this op-ed we ran by someone by the name of Scott Nugent in February 2021. It's hard to read. Yeah. It's really graphic, but it's important to read it. We're going to put that up in our live chat right now. Um why has the right explain to our audience why has the right and particularly the right that focuses on social issues not the eco- economics guys or the national security guys why has the right you feel been so hesitant to engage on this i think for the very simple reason that you know it's way too many folks in kind of that fusionist kind of controlled opposition right those folks that we were talking about just a few minutes ago they're so scared of being called kind of a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe. And if you kind of listen to what Joe Biden is saying there to Dylan Mulvaney, again, he's saying that this is a right that is so sacrosanct, is so important, is so indispensable to kind of borrow the constitutional law jargon, is so inherent in kind of ordered liberty, that it, it should be removed from the realm of democratic politics. You have that enshrined right. This is exactly what the left did on the same-sex marriage issue. And for the same way that I think social conservatives, you know, when this issue was really getting traction about, you know, 10, 15 years ago or so, leading up, of course, to the Windsor case of 2013, the Obergefell case of 2015, conservatives were far too often too hesitant to kind of get out there and make the case because they didn't want to get called a homophobe, basically. Because if you have half the country saying that this is such a sacrosanct right, when you kind of talk about the nature of rights, of natural rights, inherent, inalienable rights, that's necessarily going to make the other half of the country a little more reluctant to start criticizing it. Who wants to be on the wrong side of a natural rights deed, right? So that's kind of what's ha- happening here as well. And it's really just shocking and galling to hear the president of the United States himself, someone who once upon a time was actually a socially pretty moderate Democrat. I think Joe Biden called for a constitutional amendment to overturn Roe versus Wade in 1982 or something along those lines of the early 1980s. So, so for someone who was once kind of a socially moderate Democrat to now be using the rhetoric 
rhetoric and the the language of rights to talk about your right as an as an underage minor to be chemically castrated to chop off you know your sexual private parts it's really jarring and i think that is really dissuading a lot of people on our side from making the case uh, you, you also follow tech. Tech's had a meltdown and it looks like, you know, they've lost, uh, what Facebook's lost eight or Meta's lost $800 billion. Uh, Tesla's lost, uh, $500 billion. Tech's getting crushed right now. You see a lot of arguments. Marjorie Taylor Greene's on the show the other day talking about the Axios piece where the lawyers for big tech are lawyer, are the, the companies are lawyering up. Elon Musk took over Twitter today. What, what's your sense of the big tech oligarchs and really the big tech oligarchs coming after uh, conservatives, particularly that may be one of the reasons the fusionists are so concerned and afraid. They're afraid of being deplatformed. Where do you think we stand with big tech, the oligarchs and with this? Is Elon Musk the cavalry? Is he riding to the rescue here? I mean, the proof will be in the pudding, right? I mean, Elon Musk in his you know first 24 to 36 hours seems like he's basically done all of the right things. You know, he's talking about kind of building this content moderation supreme council. I guess it'll be kind of similar to kind of Facebook's or, or I should say Meta's kind of 20 member kind of court of appeals for, you know, who should be deplatformed. So, you know, we'll see who ultimately uh, comprises that council for content moderation that Elon Musk is putting together. But I mean, right out of the gate, I mean, he's firing the CEO, he's firing the CFO, he's, you know, he's firing the, the, the left wing hack who was responsible for the deplatforming and banning of, of Donald J. Trump. So he's doing all the right things right out of the bat. But you know, look, I I, I I I wrote a column back in April. It's kind of funny. You know, Elon Musk first announced he was, he was going to acquire Twitter way back in April. So I wrote a column at that time entitled Questions for Elon Musk. And, you know, there are some questions there. And he's he's already answered some of those questions. Some questions that I had six months ago will like, what will, what will you do day one? I mean, like what kind of dramatic action? And he's actually answered some of that. But some of the kind of the broader kind of macro questions still remain. So Elon Musk, as you know, Steve, has some traditionally kind of very close ties to China. I think that's still something to keep a very, very close eye on. There's nothing that the Chinese Communist Party would like more than, than to try to dictate the rules for our own public digital square. You know, but certainly Elon Musk is a dramatic, dramatic improvement upon the status quo ante over at Twitter. It's worth bearing in mind, though, that Twitter itself is, you know, a fairly niche social media platform. I think only one in four, roughly speaking, adult Americans have a Twitter account. So it's great that we kind of have this benevolent billionaire who happens to be the richest man in the world, who seems like he wants to do good for Twitter. But that is that is not an answer. That is not kind of a that is not an answer. Just kind of get these benevolent billionaires in there. We need sweeping change. Josh, can you hang on for one second? We just want to hold you through the break. Sure. Josh Hammer from Newsweek. He's got an amazing piece in The Spectator. Everybody's got to read it. Game on. Short commercial break. It's 12 days, or I guess 11 in a wake-up, from the most important midterm since 1862. Josh Hammer joins us on the other side. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy 
by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Josh Hammer joins us. Uh, he's also got a great piece up in the uh, in the Spectator. Everybody's going to read. We're going to push it out everywhere. Josh Axios had this story the other day about all the big corporations because they see this populist wave coming. Uh, through the Republican Party uh, are lawyering up with the best lawyers in town, understanding that they're going to be confronted by a populist house. MTG was on here the other day, and she goes, absolutely. We're, we're looking at going whole hog on exactly what, you know, why people have been debanked, why they've been deplatformed, uh, among many other things. What's your sense of that? You follow technology, you follow these uh, corporations. Newsweek, the since you've been running editorials, has a broad range of uh, of thought. A lot of this is populist. What is what should we take? Since Axios, Mike Allen's strategy has been kind of the mouthpiece for the big corporations and the corporatists in town. How do you what do you take of this? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Axios is sounding the alarm here, right? I mean, I mean, Google funded Axios. By the way, it's probably worth pointing out here. So, you know, my friend Mike Davis, who I know is a freaking guest on this show, I, I volunteer as counsel for his Internet Accountability Project, which which hopes to reign in big tech. Google actually planted a hit piece against me about a year and a half ago in early 2021 in Axios, basically saying that, you know, they said, how could the Newsweek opinion editor possibly be, you know, disfavorable? How could he be neutral when it comes to the tech issue? He has it is uh, anti big tech side gig. So the, the connection between big tech and Axios, it, it, no, exactly. You're right to laugh it off. Um, actually, Mike Davis had an amazing quote that he gave to Axios at the time. If I remember correctly, what Mike said was, we're so happy that we've gotten so important that our volunteer attorney deserved this entire hit piece in Axios. Yeah. It was it was totally crazy. But um, no, no, no. But here's here's my point. They're issue. they're they're not they're not subtle about it. They're not subtle about it. You know, Axios takes money from them and then puts the hit piece right up. So it's not like it's subtle. Exactly. No, it was it, it was totally egregious. It's right on the open. So I think you know I read this piece as Mike Allen just trying to sound the alarm here. On the big tech issue, you know, there was a series of votes recently. Uh, you know, Ken Buck in the House is kind of a champion on these issues, have proposed a suite of at least four bills seeking to rein in big tech. And, you know, it passed both the House and the Senate, albeit I think only roughly 40-something House Republicans voted for it, which is a minority of the caucus. But if you look at who's comprising, you know, these are a lot of kind of the like loudest, most rambunctious kind of intellectual leaders for kind of this national conservative, national populist revolution. On the tech issue, I think what you see very much is a tail wagging the dog. And we're a very loud tail. We are a very loud tail because we know what time it is to use the rhetoric of the day. And we see what is happening with these unaccountable woke oligarchs. They have the same woke ideology that is pervasive, ubiquitous throughout all the various kind of private institutions. You know, the old kind of build your own Google has been literally proven in the, in the aftermath of parlor to be a total dud 
build your own Google simply does not work at this point. And all of us out there right now are just pushing a various suite of antitrust and common carrier remedies to kind of ameliorate the current status quo because platform access and financial services banking access in the 21st century are just as much civil rights or at least should be viewed as just as much civil rights as the foundational civil rights that they fought against in the Jim Crow South in the 1950s, 1960s. That is currently what is happening. And, and the subjugated deplorables, we have to seek affirmative legislation to protect our civil rights access. And yes, use old school Teddy Roosevelt, you know, trust busting power to break up companies like Amazon and Google before it's too late. Amen. Uh, Josh, how do people get to you at, uh, at Newsweek to see all the, uh, the broad range of thought you have over there? in the editorial section and, uh, and where they get you on social media. So you can just go to newsweek.com slash opinion for our op-ed page. My column's actually out today. My column for newsweek is out on Fridays and on Twitter. I'm Josh underscore hammer. Josh, thank you. Honored to have you on here. Thanks so Josh much. Hammer from newsweek, the peace and spectator. Want everybody to read that. Charlie, uh, talk to me about the, 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 the uh, they've got a new book out called i guess raising kids right or whatever it absolutely goes after everything that you've been working on for so long talk to me about it yeah i haven't read the book um and i don't plan to but yeah it was written by a a journalist of some sort and she she followed us around a little bit and she said she wanted to profile people on the right um look i could talk about all the negative and nonsense stuff there but i think she does get some things right she says that conservatives are doing a better job than liberals at organizing and training the next generation behind persuasive ideas and getting the next generation really to think about this stuff critically. Basically, she's been doing these series of media interviews, Steve, and her thesis is trying to pull the fire alarm, trying to warn warn all these people on MSNBC and NPR and CNN that there's a major problem. And so I take that as a great credit and compliment of the work we're doing at Turning Point USA, uh, that they're so worried that you know, the reach we're having and the money we're raising and the over 135,000 donors is making a serious impact, Steve. So we'll take that in stride. Hang on a second. Do we have the Charlie Kirk package? The Charlie Kirk. His name's Charlie Kirk. Do we have that package? Yeah, play Let's play the Charlie Kirk package, not the Pennsylvanians. Play Charlie Kirk. Kyle, you spent a lot of time reporting this out, four years. You embedded with a lot of these groups. You really understand it. So where are they looking um, for these young kids? And let's say, who is they? Who are the people who are doing all of this training? So the, the training is has been built up for a long time. There's an organization called the Leadership Institute. It was started in the late 1960s, early 1970s. The Leadership Institute is basically creating foot soldiers for the right. It is housed in a building outside of D.C. The Leadership Institute raises $25 million a year to teach kids how to activate, how to door knock, granular stuff. What you should you put in your pamphlet? What should you put on your sign? What color should you use on your sign? How when you go door knock? Should you walk on someone's lawn? Don't, you know, how should you convert people? So this is the type of stuff that kids are learning. As you can imagine, we're living in a very weird world now where the conservatives are the one who seem to be very in touch with how people communicate and what is going on with, uh, you know, politically. And so what did the conservatives do immediately when they started seeing stuff happening on school boards? They started teaching kids. You know what? We're going to teach kids how to run for school board office and talk about all this CTR stuff. So, um, you know, it is and it is invasive and it is big and it is very organized. 
Hmm. Kyle, is this, a, is this at all a regional so thing? Are there parts of the country um, where young people, uh, where they're finding young, young people more receptive uh, to these ideas and this pitch? Um, uh, is it a, you know, rural, suburban? How, do you, how, how would you describe the places where, uh, where this phenomenon is happening? So originally, this phenomenon was really um, focusing on college campuses, right? And the idea was we're going to get these college kids. But what we've seen in the last 10 or 15 years, the way people use social media, is that a lot of these activists realized, these young activists, that they didn't have to just focus on college campuses, that that didn't really scale, right? That what really scaled was to go online and to talk to people on social media. And then you could get millions and millions and millions of people. And these right-wing activists like Charlie Kirk at Turning Point USA and like... Uh, Young Americans for Liberty, which is another group I follow. These guys are online and they are working on messaging on a daily basis to figure out what is the most coherent message to get kids attracted to them. And so they can get them in all corners, right? They can get them in all corners. What I argue in my book is that when you see groups like the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers, and a lot of people find them to be the most alarming right-wing groups, but those are very radical groups that are going after fringe kids. These groups are going after mainstream kids, your kids, my kids on college campuses and beyond. This is so great. Charlie, you're now, I told you you're going to get your turn in the barrel, brother. You're now public enemy number one, not fringe kids, your kids. Talk to us about it. Well, she's right. We're not going after the fringe kids. We're going after the popular kids. We're going after any kids out there that want to fight for freedom and liberty. And look, Steve, we embrace this role. And it's a series of articles that they've been writing. You've seen it, Steve, where all of a sudden they're looking around and they say, wait a second. This turning point thing, it's actually pretty powerful. They're on campuses. They're doing things in churches. We're reaching millions of people online. Our podcast is doing very well. Our radio show is growing. We have Turning Point Action, where we're doing door knocking across the country. We have Turning Point Pack, where we're up with over half a million dollars in advertising for Carrie Lake and Blake Masters. We're about to do a big ad buy for Mastriano and Oz. And we're reaching millions of people on digital social media. All of a sudden, they say, wait a second, where did this come from? We didn't tell you you could do this. And so she wrote this book and she's done these media interviews. And what I have found interesting, though, is that how the interviewers really don't know how to ask the questions. Have you noticed that, Steve? They're like, well, is there a part of the world where this is better? They're just like so taken by surprise. Do you notice that? It's like it's the worst interviews I've ever seen in my life. Like, uh, what? Like, you're trying to tell me that we don't control everything. Yeah, that's right, pal. And we're only gaining in power, gaining in momentum and nothing's going to stop us. But it's also, you know, I did an event with you guys in Phoenix. You've got this huge, uh, what, America Fest in in, in mid-December. This is just not college kids anymore. You've expanded it out to really young adults. I would say people under 40, right? So this is a much broader platform, and you're obviously the biggest in the country. Yeah, of all ages. We call ourselves a citizen organization now. It's more than just students. Uh, We just had an amazing faith event yesterday in Huntington Beach, California. Steve, we had thousands of people wrapped around uh, the street. I mean, the lines were just incredible. We have another event tomorrow in Spokane, Washington. Uh, we're doing events all across the country and people of all ages. Obviously, the center of what we do are young people, our students, you know, focused on organizing on high school and college campus. That's our bread and butter. But now as I get older, the organization gets older as well. Citizens of all ages. 
that want to be equipped, that want to be empowered, that want to do something meaningful for their country. And look, the way that Turning Point does things is we, we will outwork you. I've done that for a decade. We're going to put in more hours, same kind of like you, Steve. We're just going to we're going to put in more effort. And we're also creative. We're entrepreneurial. We empower a lot of different voices. We had a great meeting, Steve. We talked about some of the stuff we're doing at Turning Point Action, and it's growing very quickly. And we'll have some really big announcements as well. And so, look, we we love when the media kind of all of a sudden wakes up and realizes, wait a second, these guys are a lot more powerful than we gave them permission. They're an 800 pound girl. Can you just hang to the commercial break? A couple more questions. Charlie Kirk joins us. We got Governor Sarah Palin, Boris Epstein, and a whole six o'clock show is going to be on fire. Short commercial break. Back with Charlie Kirk in a moment. We rejoice when the If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in the great state of Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and guess what? They're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Now go to PatriotMobile.com. That's one word. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call the following number, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Bannon. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. That's patriotmobile.com slash Bannon. Patriotmobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 972-PATRIOT. Make an impact. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Working in elections her entire life, never before has she had to have conversations with the FBI and with Homeland Security mm. uh, before Election Day. The climate really has changed. And I did also, Yasmin, ask the dreaded question about timeline. Yeah, we will not be expecting results on November 8th. <laughs> we don't know when exactly we will get them, but it's not going to be on election night here, yeah. Yasmin. So ask the question, the dreaded timeline question, when we might get results out of Philadelphia, one of the bigger uh, populations in the state. It is not going to be on November 8th. We will not get results out of Philly on election night, Katie. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to remind folks. Uh, don't expect the election results yeah. to come in immediately. Uh, like 2020, it takes some time to count the mail-in ballots to count the early voting, especially in counties or, or, or states like, like where Dasha is, where you can't start it uh, before Election Day. I don't know that I have ever voted for a Democrat, but if I lived in Arizona, I absolutely would. You have a candidate for governor, Carrie Lake. You have a candidate for secretary of state, Mark Fincham, both of whom have said that they will only honor the results of an election if they agree with it. And if you care about the survival of our republic, we cannot give people power who will not honor elections. We must have elected officials who honor that responsibility. Okay, that's a new ad out from Liz Cheney about your beloved Arizona, Charlie Kirk. Uh, your, your, your thoughts on that and also in Pennsylvania, the notifying is, I want the audience to understand this is going to be a multi-day deal, sir. Do you see how they describe it on MSNBC where she leans in like kind of and we just have to remind people this is just going to take days just like 2020 
where we have to take time. Oh, you mean it takes time to fix the water main that burst in Fulton County, Georgia? It really takes time. Why are we why are we putting up with this, Steve? Exactly. Mission number one, when Mastriano becomes governor of Pennsylvania, is to end the circus of the third world tabulation of our elections. I mean, for no other reason is it destroys confidence and trust in the election result. That's not a good thing for anybody is that we need transparent and quick results. It's good for a transition of power. I mean, this idea that you have to wait an entire week. And so I just want people to brace for impact. But I think we got to be careful, Steve, because I don't want this to disincentivize people to go and vote, by the way. But we got to brace for impact that this is going to be a multi-day thing, that it's not just going to be election night. It's going to go into Wednesday. It's going to go into Thursday. It's going to go into Friday. Then maybe Saturday we'll have an idea who will have won the Pennsylvania governors and Senate race. No, this is going to be tough. Same thing in Arizona. The, we got to hunker down. Everybody's got to get out, but you got to man the ramparts. We got to close the deal. We are going to close the deal. Charlie, yep. uh, what do you think about Liz Cheney? Is that an in kind contribution to Kerry uh, Lake's uh, campaign there? Liz Cheney coming out against her? Yeah, I mean, Liz Cheney says that they'll only accept election results of ones they agree with. First of all, that's not true. Second of all, I wonder if Liz Cheney accepts the fact that she lost by nearly 40 points in her home state of Wyoming. Does she accept that? Does she accept that the people of Wyoming sent one of the clearest messages to repudiate a ruling class dynastic member by not five points, not 10 points, but four? I can't remember the final tabulation. It was like 38 or 40 points. It was unbelievable. And so, look, people don't like her. She knows that. And so now she's trying to campaign for Democrats. Go ahead. Try and revive the campaign of Katie Hobbs. Uh, she could use all the help she can get. I'll tell you, I'm here in Arizona. That one poll shows Kerry up 11. I don't know if I believe that, but I think Kerry's going to win by at least five or six points. My current feeling on the ground, what I'm seeing here in Arizona is Kerry Lake is going to carry the entire Republican ticket across the finish line. Abe Hamaday, Mark Fincham, Blake Masters, I think are going to all, all win because of the bulletproof, magnificent candidacy of Kerry Lake. Uh, Charlie, how do people, TPUSA slash War Room, you can go right now and get the uh, tickets to America Fest starting in mid-December. Tucker will be out there. Candace will be out there. I'll be out there. Of course, Charlie Kirk hosting. Jack Basovic, it's going to be packed. Also, the book, if you uh, if you want to find out why you're paying a trillion dollars for these deadbeats, get the college scam from Charlie Kirk. Uh, Charlie, how do people get you on social media? That's why everybody's asking, where are you now in social media? Yeah, I mean, we're we're still on Twitter, and I have to say I do like the new management. I think, and Steve, I'd love your thoughts on this at a different time. I think it's the most consequential private transaction in the last hundred years. I I, I, wow. I was real. I, I think about it though. Private transaction. Wow. Has there anything been of this enormity or magnitude? I mean, it's, I, it, it's really worth thinking about. Um, I mean, we think of the big acquisition of 30 Rock in the 80s and all that. This is massive. This is civilizational defining. Anyway, so I'm on Twitter. But also people can look at Apple Podcasts, the most important way to follow us. Uh, subscribe to the Charlie Kirk Show podcast. Uh, if you guys are subscribed to the War Room podcast, also subscribing to ours really helps. Every single phone has a podcast app. And getting behind us, uh, we deeply appreciate it. So thank you. And Charlie follows us at, at uh, high noon right after War Room's over every day of the week. Charlie, thank you very much, brother. God bless you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Boris, give me your thoughts on, uh, I, I, we're trying to gird people. We, we're on a roll now. The polling's there. We know we got the numbers. We need to get out the vote. But tell me about uh, tell me about this multiple day where they're, they're already letting us know in uh, Pennsylvania and in Arizona, this is going to be multiple day. Disgusting and unacceptable, Steve. Disgusting and unacceptable. Look, you know, we talk about third world countries. Third world countries don't have these problems. You got votes all over the world that happen same day, one day voting, in person voting. 
paper ballots, boom, done. Look at Brazil. They're going to have a vote on uh, on Monday. Do you think this is going to happen on Monday? I don't think. On Sunday. Do you think it's going to happen on Sunday? I don't think so. Is, is this gonna, does this happen in France? Absolutely not. So you've got these huge countries that go in, vote same day. You've got the results. You've got the answers. Get in, get out. Why can't we do that in this country? And it's not getting. Here's the ridiculous part. It's not that it's, you know it, it was bad and it's getting better. It's getting worse, Steve. It's getting worse. Oh yeah, just like 2020. It's gonna take time. Take time to steal it. Take time to steal it. We have no patience for that. We are not going to be allow- allowing for our country to be stolen time and time and time and time again by these vicious, vindictive, cynical Democrats. Because that's what it is. Not to read, read between the lines as clear as day. Oh, it's just like 2020. It's going to take time. Take time to steal it. Look at New Hampshire right now. Coefficient polls got Bolduc and Hassan even. That means Bolduc's probably up by five. Okay? You think they're going to announce that when it's uh, clear as day, night of? No, they're going to wait it out, wait for every possible ballot to come in, try to steal it, and then maybe if they fail, finally they'll call it for Bulldog. It is unacceptable, it is un-American, it's unconstitutional, and it is downright criminal. Okay, on what, uh, on what planet is, uh, is the Liz Cheney ad in, in Arizona, and why only Liz Cheney would start by taking on Carrie Lake? On what planet does that help uh, Katie Hobbs? You know what? I was actually happy to be watching a little TV last, last night at, well, let's say 1 a.m. after I made my last phone call. Then Vice happened to be on. Only in a world where you got tucked in bed by Dick Cheney do you think that, <laughs> that your endorsement is, is going to be of any benefit. And, hey, maybe it is some sort of double cross. Maybe Liz Cheney now wants back in, and she's trying to help Carrie Lake with this, with this move because that's the only thing that would make sense. It's... Liz Cheney was annihilated. Yes, by Harriet Hageman. Yes, by MAGA. But let's be honest, by President Donald J. Trump. She was annihilated in that in her own primary, and now she and now she's waiting. And that was great. She should also here's a list. She should also endorse Maggie Hassan, Josh Shapiro. She should undoubtedly, no doubt about it, endorse Mark Kelly. And go Gretchen Whitmer, and go on from there. Cortez Masto. All of them need that coveted. Coveted, coveted Liz Cheney endorsement. We're going to lose you until tomorrow night and then on Sunday. I got to add, Hochul says today, Hochul is cornered by some reporters that are throwing questions at her about crime. Has she not addressed her response yet? Uh, No, dude, she's the sitting governor of arguably the bluest state in the nation. And she blurts out, well, hey, you know, what are you talking about? I'm the underdog. What what has happened? What is Lee Zeldin and the great people running for Congress, and of course Henry running for Attorney General, Elise Stefanik? They have totally shifted the narrative there. I mean, MAGA is on the move. This thing is shifting every day. She's looking at the numbers. That's why she blurted out, "That was a Freudian slip." I'm the underdog. What do you got for me, Boris? Of course, she said the quiet part out loud. That's what she thinks. That's what all the Democrats think. They know it's falling apart. That's why they're coming at everybody. That's why the mainstream media is absolutely rabid. <laughs> What is happening right now is unprecedented in this country's history. This wave, you know, in 1994, the wave was huge, absolutely no doubt about it. But it didn't extend as far into some of the blue areas. Okay, 2010, same. Right now, we are staring at a wave that has never been seen before, and none of these radical left, woke Democrats are safe. Kathy Hochul's got a problem. Tish James, Peekaboo James has got a major problem. 
all across the country. Zoe Lofgren's got a, a problem against Peter Hernandez. All across the country, House races, Senate races, Secretary of State races, Christina Caramo in Michigan, all across the country. MAGA is on the march under the leadership of President Trump. And believe you me, this next week is going to bring nothing but heat from President Trump and all of us at MAGA. Don't fight. It was a Kylie in New Jersey. She the, uh, These races, the, oh, the, yes. so these are, Biden's ten, these are Bi- Biden 10, 12. They got a Biden 20 out on the West Coast. They're deep into Biden twenties right now. Come on, this is this thing's falling, creating around the Boris. Give me, give the morning email. How do people get to it? How do you get to your uh, social media? No doubt about it. I'm running around all day long. We're winning this thing all across the country. Steve, as you said, so Sukai against Frank Pallone. Everybody, Blake Masters, Tiffany Smiley in Washington State. We are winning. Hot on the website BorisCP.com. Go sign up right now BorisCP.com. Hot on Getter at BorisCP on Twitter at BorisCP. Hot on True Social at Boris, the hottest on the gram, Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless. All offense and Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you tomorrow night, Boris. Thank you. Uh, I want to play the cold open. Got a very special guest, the governor of Alaska, former governor of Alaska. Let's play her cold open. Um, inflation is at a 40-year high, and we are in recession. And it's a shame that our president and his party refuse to acknowledge that we are suffering from a recession. We need to drill, baby, drill. Energy costs are the driver of inflation. Energy costs, which affect absolutely everything that we do in America, everything that we consume, oil and gas, it touches that. So if we have more supply of oil, our own, clean, domestic, USA oil, coming from Alaska, ideally, instead of hat in hand, asking foreign countries to pump and produce for us their dirty, dangerous sources of oil makes no sense the Biden administration's agenda. Okay, our own Jane Zirkle, Grace Chung, and Captain Maureen Bannon did a live stream the other night. A live started at 11 o'clock, went past midnight on the east. It was a huge audience to see Governor Sarah Palin. Governor Palin, here's what people don't understand. You completely owned that debate from beginning to end people don't understand why are you not in con what is going on in alaska that to get this funky vote that you're not in congress right now and it's even a question that it, well, it's, it's not even a competitive race you you are so dominant in that debate ma'am well maybe because you're the only one who recognizes that steve or others want to deny it because doggone it steve the political machine up here the republican establishment and mcconnell the Republican establishment in D.C., pouring money into Lisa Murkowski's Senate campaign so that she can endorse my opponent in Cong- the congressional race. She She's endorsing Mary Peltola, the Democrat, and um, that's using GOP money. So that's part of it. Unbelievable. I tell you, Governor Palin, we're going to take a short break. If you can just hang on, we're going to take a short commercial break. Governor Palin is going to join us on the other side. We're going to talk about Alaska. We need that House seat. More importantly, we need Governor Sarah Palin in this House because I got to tell you, they're going to rock and roll, debt ceiling, investigations, uh, appropriations, all of it. want to make sure everybody goes to redwave2022.com to volunteer. This is one of the great volunteer organizations. We're going to have, I think, Jenny Beth Martin in the next hour to talk about it. Today on the show, we had the volunteer organizations. Everybody came back to me. You flooded the zone. Everybody must get to the ramparts with a get out the vote and also to become an election poll worker, poll watcher, election official, all of it. You still get training. You got to go to these sites. When Captain Ben and Grace get them all up in the live chats right now. Short commercial break. 
the former governor of Alaska, Sarah Palin, in a tough congressional race out there in the great state of Alaska when we return in a moment. Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Look, woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freeing the, freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values, like the Chinese Communist Party. It's time for a change. And that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm pl- proud to partner with Public SQ the largest network of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses and consumers our nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that could never cancel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. And here's the best part of it. It's absolutely free to join. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Download the app today. Public SQ. That's Public SQ. Public SQ. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play. Take action. Do this today has arrived the new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now Okay, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. They gave the hook at Walmart. They gave the hook at Bed, Bath, and Beyond. They gave the hook at Big Box. They gave the hook off the shopping channels. Why? Because he had your back, and he fought every day for an election integrity. We've already gotten the word in Pennsylvania and in Arizona. It ain't going to be settled that night. That's okay. Everybody take a deep breath. There's no chance that they're going to steal this one. Zero, zero probability. Everybody's got to man the ramparts. Make sure you go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARM. Check it all out. Got all the sales, all the buy one, get one's free. All of it there today. Support the armor-piercing shell that is Mike Lindell. Talk about a fighter and armor-piercing shell. And Governor Palin, I had, there was tons of young people watching this because it was so late at night. They were blown away by your command of the material, the facts. It wasn't even close. Like the salmon situation, you said seize the vessels, these foreign guys. I mean, the oil, you cut right to it. What's the story with is, is he like a college professor or an elementary school teacher? Who is this guy? And what's he even uh, doing on no, the stage? He really knows who he is, except he's a part of the wealthy Democrat political dynasty family up here. We have two dynasties. On the right side are the Murkowskis. On the left side are the Begages. Nick Begage now is the chosen one of their family to put an R by his name for this race. He's in there as a plant, and he's siphoning off enough votes from me so that the Democrat is uh, allowed to serve in Congress representing this deep, deep red state. But this has to do with Lisa Murkowski and Mitch McConnell, the political establishment in D.C. This is much bigger than Alaska. It's much bigger than my little hometown of Wasilla, where I am. Uh, This is Mitch McConnell 
pouring in $9 million into Lisa Murkowski's seat so that she can retain her seat, but also so that she can knight her chosen ones across the state um, in, in my race. Certainly, I'm not the chosen one. So she's helping the Democrat in my race. She has endorsed. Hold on. Hang, 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 hang on. Hang on. Hang on. She said she endorsed and going to vote. You tell me Mitch McConnell's pulled money out of New Hampshire. And Arizona. Arizona. And yeah. Arizona, the two states that were right on the cusp of when he pulled money out of there to put $9 million in back of Murkowski against Kelly, Chewbacca, and so that Murkowski can endorse a Democrat and then say she's going to vote for that Democrat. Is that what you're telling this audience, ma'am? That's what I'm telling them. I'm telling them Mitch McConnell and that organization, the Uniparty, they have taken GOP donations, given them to Lisa Murkowski so that she can defeat Republicans up here. And I'm kind of the um, token, the symbol of Tea Party movement, of, of a Trumpster. They hate Trump. Well, Lisa Murkowski voted to impeach him, you know. So what they're doing is taking big shots at my candidacy to send Trump a message that uh, uh, even in the deep red state of Alaska, you're not going anywhere, Trump, and the train's not going anywhere across the state. They're not going to win, though, Steve, because it's, it is, OK, 11 days to go. Right. But this is when people start paying attention. Thank God people are paying attention. They're wondering, for instance, why is the GOP up here in Alaska have a big get out the vote rally and uh, you know the Republicans who are all invited? Guess who's not invited to the big rally? Sarah Palin, the GOP vote getter on top of all the races that we have. This is why we have ranked choice voting. This is why Lisa being in charge of um, what, it, what it takes for her to retain her seat. This is what's screwing up the elections in Alaska. And don't let it happen to other states. Do not allow ranked choice voting. It was her attorney who crafted this scheme. And that's what we're stuck with right now. Governor Palin, what should this war room posse do right now? We're obviously after hours going to get on top of this with some other folks, but what can this audience do right now as far as volunteer donations, whatever? We need Sarah Palin more than ever in this yeah. Congress. She would be a firebrand. MTG, Bobert, all of these, the guy, Joe, Joe uh, Kent, people are going to come. Caroline Levitt, they need Sarah Palin because I'm telling you, Sarah Palin takes no prisoners and she's not going to no. play their game. Right. She's going to play the game for MAGA and for the nation. What do people have to do? Yeah, I mean, it, it harkens back to the Tea Party days, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, if I go down, I'm going to go down swinging. And like my dad always taught me, you don't retreat, you reload. And, and that's what I've done as I promoted Alaska across the nation and across the world. And now here I have opportunity to serve the residents of my most wonderful state. And uh, it's, it isn't easy because of what the machine is doing against me. And it's just like what Trump says. They're not coming after me. They're coming after you. They're coming after those who believe in America first and smaller, smarter government and freedom, protection of our rights. That's what they're coming after. They're just using me. Governor Palin, where, how do people get to your site? How do they uh, sign up to volunteer? We'll figure this out in the uh, tonight and tomorrow. But where do people go for right now and how they follow you on social media? Okay, go to sarahforalaska.com and nothing's spelled out. Um, Sarah for Alaska, I mean, everything's spelled out. I'm sorry. Sarahforalaska.com. Go to my Instagram, uh, sarahpalin97. That's where I personally am doing the social media because, you know, 
Steve, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but sometimes you wonder, the people who are actually advising, working on campaigns, you got to wonder if they're really in it for the right reasons, because sometimes they give really crappy advice and effort. So I'm doing a lot of this myself. I'm not going to ask people for donations, though, which ticks off those in my campaign who um, and other campaigns, you know, because they look at this as a business and they get a cut of funds raised. I don't ask people for money because I've won all the races that I've been in over my life, except one, um, the big one. And uh, I've done it being outspent 10 to one or whatever it is, because, you know, that's just the way I roll. And it's always worked well. Well, because of your personality, force of your personality. Governor Palin, uh, we will contact you later, and uh, we'll make sure that, this thing, that we pull this thing together. So thank you very much for joining us here in the war room, man. Appreciate it. Good, because, Steve, the country, it is at stake. I have nothing to lose, personally, but we have a country to lose in this. And it's serious stuff. And I, gosh, I hope people are paying attention. We need that House seat. We need the House seat. Most importantly, we need Sarah Palin in that House seat. Governor Palin, thank you very much. Appreciate you coming to the war room. Thank you. That is one of the greatest living Americans right there. She is a fighter with no back down. Like your dad said, don't retreat, reload. That is Governor Sarah Palin. And she will give it to you with both barrels, okay, with the, with the bark on, as we say down south. Okay, we're going to take a short break. we got the 6 o'clock hour. We're going to be absolutely lit. I think i got Jenny Beth. i got Dave Bratt. we got a whole host. got a couple of candidates. Got a couple of surprises as we always do. It's Friday evening tomorrow on the show and the Saturday morning. You're, we're going to rock it all weekend. When, where, next in the world. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. 
You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.